0: Joined in the studio today by Matt West
1: Okwa oh, Tenjinwan
0: <laughs> Mike Volby Hello And uh, bodybuilder, Zumba-holic, Ashley Eagle
2: Well, that was an intro
0: <laughs> That was an intro, you are correct You have stated facts oh Yes, God. well done <laughs> Ashley's obviously new to the show For people that have never heard her before And she is here purely to derail every conversation that we have
2: Basically yes.
0: Yeah, which will yeah. pretty much happen consistently <laughs> Uh, so before we get started today, just a quick reminder to those who haven't checked it out yet to please check out the Random Movie Club, which is our new movie theme podcast. Every week, different movie that we talk about. It's basically just like a book club for movies. I think we're three episodes in at this point. We'll have a fourth one coming out on Thursday about Star Trek First Contact. You can check those out at thegeekgeneration.com slash RMC, or you can search for Random Movie Club on iTunes and get them there as well. Subscribe. They are free. Let's hop into
3: our Geek Outs. Yay! Vobby. I'm up first, huh? You are up first. All right. So Disney is remodeling Hollywood Studios and creating two new lands. Yes. Star Wars Land and Toy Story Land. The Star Wars Land is going to be like 14 acres, which is pretty damn big. Yeah, it is. It's going to take up a huge section of the park. It's one of the largest they're doing. I think it's the largest
1: they're doing as far as it being... The largest expansion awesome they've yeah, ever included. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's, um, it's being added to both Disneyland and Disney World, that 14 acres to both of them, which is
3: pretty right. crazy. I'm just excited because the staff is going to have to dress up and act like they're real characters in the movies. Yes. I just think that's cool. Well, yeah, they do that with princesses already, but yeah, they're but definitely Every gonna have staff to do member it. is going to be dressed up, is what it said. They're going to have oh, really? everybody dressed up as if they're really there in that world. Oh, wow. I assume the majority of people would have to be like Imperial. Yeah. Employees. Employees. But all the people in the gift shops and stuff will be dressed up, which is cool. Yeah. You know, I don't know. They just, they do such a great job with themes and keeping people in character. So that's awesome.
1: The immersion will be, it'll be a great experience. It'll make it worth just going there. And you probably spend a week there and not see everything.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then. So it's Star Wars land. Yeah. And And then they're remodeling another section to be Toy Story land. It's supposed to look like you're in Andy's backyard and there's a big slinky dog roller coaster which is going to be pretty cool. <laughs> that's phenomenal. How <laughs> you can you would not be want that? About I slinky a, dog. <laughs> I, I am excited about it. It's going to be a kitty coaster apparently or you know for all ages It's but okay still. you can still ride if it's a kitty coaster. And then coaster. there's going to be it's going to be like arcade not arcade but um like a like a fair. It's oh, also oh, like a like fair a like a carnival with the midway and all idea. that stuff with oh, the that's games cool. and the rides and all that. Uh and the there's some sort of spinny ride for the uh, green aliens. Cool. So that I imagine it's going to be something like a teacups because it says you can make it spin faster. Yeah. To and avoid the big claw coming down to get you. Oh, that's so cool. So I, I imagine it just spins kind of like the, uh, the teacups would. The, I like that idea.
1: The Toy Story Midway Madness over the, at Disney World right now is pretty awesome. I haven't seen it's, it. It's like a 3D ride. So there are aspects of it and you interact with like a pop gun. Uh, so you get a score for being on it. So just the thought and the imaginary
3: into that is awesome. Where did it, what park is that in?
1: I think that's in um, Hollywood. Hollywood. Okay, Studios. so they're just
3: going to yeah. continue to transform. Yeah, but it.
1: that's a great game, So if they, uh, a riding game, so if they can translate that sort of feel you get from that one ride into even more, which I'm sure they will, I think it makes Toy Story Land look pretty good.
3: Yeah, I like what they're doing. But they're going to eliminate a lot of stuff, too. Like what? Well, over. I don't know. You know where like the Little Mermaid thing is, Matt? That wasn't in even Hollywood. there the last time I went there. Oh, really? Oh, oh, the, the live stage show. Yeah. Okay. That whole right. section is what's getting transformed.
1: Right, because well, they now have a Little Mermaid ride at uh, Disney World in Magic Kingdom.
2: I've never been to Disney, so I have
1: no idea uh, <laughs> wow! Wow, never been on the podcast. No, never been to, never Disney. been to Disney.
2: I'm just some little girl from the UP. You know, <laughs> from the UP. <laughs> from the UP.
1: <laughs> yeah. What's the
0: UP?
2: At the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Oh. My hometown was five thousand people. Oh. So I'm a little sheltered.
3: A little bit. <laughs> A little bit. Okay. Anyway, so I'm excited about Disney World.
2: First (laughs) derailment.
3: First derailment, yeah. That's just going to be... There's going to be a comment made
0: and just like silence for a moment. Several times for the show.
2: (laughs) To the next.
3: All right. So, the Muppets. Yeah. All right. All right, Muppets. Are coming back to TV in less than a month. Yes. September 22nd. And then every Tuesday. Yeah, I'm excited to see him back. I love the Muppets. As mm-hmm. am I. Yeah, I yep. think the format of the new show is really smart too. It's going to be like The Office. Yeah. With cut scenes to them giving interviews and but they'll the also be making of their- fun of the format as they're going right. through. Yeah. And their personal lives and all that stuff. I guess yep. the big deal is that Miss Piggy and Kermit got a divorce.
0: Yes. And, and he has a help. new girlfriend now. Right. Oh, I don't know if it's a. Was it a divorce? Were they actually married? I, or? They,
3: what didn't they get married in one of the movies?
1: They
0: said there was yeah. a split online. But they and pushed like, that
3: They were
1: they separated online. Yeah, there was oh. an
0: official yeah. press release about their separation. What well, was is, uh, everybody was funny. so up
1: in arms about it online? Everybody And uh, they're getting ready to do a reality show. What you know? It, it's plot exposition. Right. Where, but nice. people on like Facebook were. I can't believe this. This is a, really <laughs> it's Kermit and Miss Piggy. You I can't, can't believe you. this. I can't believe these fictional characters right. would have drama two written puppets. in. These puppets. I mean, I love the Muppets as much as anyone, maybe more. But come on, you're you're going to post a status about them getting separated? Yeah. You know?
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you guys going to watch it? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All
1: right. Even if it's bad, I'll watch it. I'll watch it till if if it's terrible and it goes down after six episodes, I'll watch every one and at week You will seven. ride that boat. I will. To, I will. I to <laughs> to absolutely ocean floor. will. Yep.
0: Muppet Captain goes down with this. Yeah, absolutely.
1: With the rats, you yep. know, Rizzo. With the, with Rizzo. he's great. <laughs>
3: I don't think it's going to be bad. No, it's going to be.
1: From I what guess. I've heard, it's. I hear the writing is amazing. The yeah, first so. movie
3: was good. I didn't see the second one,
1: but second one, I thought the second one was better. Most Wanted was better than the Muppets. Mm. I, we've, I know Rob and I have different opinions. Yeah, Most Wanted feels more like a Muppet movie to me. Like of the original three, it fits into me with that original mm. uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. Uh, I think it's probably the second best next to Muppet Caper. Really, that's my opinion, and I know Rob and I would. <laughs> we'd have to argue it out, but yeah, yeah,
0: all right, mm-hmm. Matt.
1: Oh, last night, uh, well, it won't be, it'll be, uh, two nights ago when this airs, but, uh, NXT TakeOver was on the WWE, uh, network. I was actually supposed to be there in person, shake my fist. At oh, the really? Wall. Yeah. I had a ticket, but I ended up not being able to go, but it was in the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sold out. They were hoping to get like five to 6,000 fans and tar- tarp everything off. They sold the place out with 13,000 plus fans. Wow. Um, and they actually, the day of the show, they opened up more seats with a uh, obstructed view and sold them out in 15 seconds. Whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so people were willing to go and like, have stuff in their way to try and watch the show well nxt um, is
0: over like crazy I, right I,
1: had, now. I had a friend who was there and he was telling me this morning it was the best live wrestling experience he's had
0: that's awesome
1: um J- as you're seeing jushin thunder liger wrestled in the opener of the the online pay-per-view version of it against tyler breeze mm-hmm. uh liger's in his 50s now and still it was he whipped out a bunch of his trademark stuff it was awesome the fans were like you know, you had they were doing the dueling chants, but you had thirteen thousand people yelling "Jushin Liger" and then they would chant for Tyler Breeze. But it was just—it sounded like everybody was doing both sides of the chant. Yeah, yeah. The crowd was just so into it; it was great. I here. thought it was
0: interesting too, just for like we see the legends come back every now and then, which is surprising. But to have something with the full body suit. Yeah. To really kind of show, like, hide your age. Yeah. Makes you more of an immortal character. Exactly.
1: You know? And he was a comic book character before he was ever a wrestler. They, they, originally, he was a Japanese comic book character that they translated to a wrestling character. Really? And, yeah. And, um, you know, he was a guy who had wrestled in, um, in Stampede Wrestling with the Hearts and they ended up, uh, New Japan cast him in this role and he's been doing this gimmick for however many, I mean, I think 25, 30 years now, he's been doing Jushin Liger. Wow. Um, so that was awesome. And um, although it wasn't the main event, they were calling it the co-main event. Yeah, I um, hate when they do that. Yeah. We
0: all know the truth. Don't and, pretend. And and,
1: and, in, and you know what? In NXT, the women's matches are the main events now. Right, totally. Um, Bailey defeated Sasha Banks for mm. the women's championship. The match was one of the best women's matches I've ever seen. Definitely a match of the year contender right now. I've known Sasha Banks since she was like 16, and seeing her grow up from a beginner training with uh um, Hanson and, and Nikki Rocks and all them, and now being like, I mean, 13,000 people giving her a standing ovation after she, you know, puts over Bailey and Bailey wins the title. Yeah. And you know they have this big curtain call at the end, and people are on their feet and. Honestly, you had a great main event that didn't live up to this. The, a women's match completely mm-hmm. stole the show. And that's sort of become the routine. Anytime any of the four women up on the screen are, are on the four horsewomen, if you will, sure. of NXT, anytime these four women are in the ring, they steal the show. Uh, so that it was just an awesome show and, um, really a great moment for somebody I've watched to grow up who comes from a great family and, Just awesome to see her have that level of success.
0: It was a fantastic match. Like NXT is absolutely doing the right thing with the women. I remember a few years ago, I talked to a former diva, Victoria, and I talked to her about like what had happened to the women since like her and Trish Stratus and everything left. Like that was the golden era of women's wrestling at that time. Mm -hmm. And now that's kind of coming back. But it's like we were saying kind of before we started recording, it's that they have to let the women wrestle Like it's just a wrestling match and not have them wrestle in a women's style that's like toned down and a little slower. And when they're allowed to go out there and wrestle the same way that the guys are, but for some reason, when they get up to like the Smackdown Raw level, they put that, put the brakes on and they make them like pull everything back a little bit. But when they're allowed to just go out there and compete like anyone else, it's such a better show. And. They clearly show that they're capable of doing it too.
1: That was great. I mean, Sasha Banks pulled out a dive I've never seen her do. Yep, where she flipped over a referee to the outside and hit like a. It was just awesome. It was two. You know, the both ladies really realizing that for the first time in NXT history, they're going to be in front of a crowd of this size. Yep, and not only did they they take the moment and grab it, they I mean they they made the moment. It they was, told
0: such a great oh, story. Oh, it's amazing, and yeah. They,
1: and I and I, I doubt that anybody who walked out of that building said that that wasn't one of the best live matches they've ever seen in person. Agreed, it was, it was just phenomenal.
0: Totally agree.
1: And I think I think the, the rough part is with SummerSlam following it. I don't know that SummerSlam is going to be able to <laughs> convey the wrestling that that event did. Every single that match seems the to day. be was what great. happens every time.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. These shows, these two hour special events, are better than most of the pay per views. some of them, I felt like were better than WrestleMania. Mm. The fact that they're two hours, too, I think
0: is smarter. Like, SummerSlam, USA, and Volpe is four, four hours, hours tonight, this year. and it doesn't
3: yeah. need to be. They have to ten be. matches, but they've only got, like, four or five listed, right. which means the other five are just going to be...
0: Right. It doesn't yeah. need to be four hours. That's crazy. It's just an excuse to charge more for people that don't have the network.
3: Right. But I don't know. Hopefully Vince moves on, because if this is what Triple H can produce, then we're in good hands. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. What else you got?
1: Uh Next up, uh, I had used it as a uh, geek out before, but uh, Lucha Underground Season 1 has yes. completed. They finished it up. They wrapped their show up where storylines and angles sort of ended. Uh, they did set some new things, so hopefully there will be a Season 2. There's a lot of push right now for Netflix to pick it up. Um, there are big graphics people put that Netflix needs Lucha Underground. I thought it was really cool because they're not sure where things are going to go. They ended the show with like a minute and a half- Sort of uh, post credit mm-hmm. where it was just all the different luchadors sort of riding off into the sunset in their own ways, but sort of possibly setting up new angles or trying to like finish up tying up all the loose ends. Hmm. It was something you never seen because wrestling's never really been shot in a season before. Yeah, it was really kind of a cool way to wrap up a show that first season. I really hope it gets a second season because it was it was so well done. It was Where's completely this out re- of? It's out of California. It's shot. Um, they say in Boyle Boyle Heights, which is like kind of the L.A. ghetto. But the the quality is just it's awesome. It, it they've got a sound studio that they've got built to seem like a big warehouse. Mm-hmm. Everything is shot like telenovela style. It's really just highly produced very slick and uh, they have a lot of really talented luch- luchadors as a part of it so it's it's been really cool to watch it's, a lot that's of people want on really uh, seen
0: Rodriguez El Rey right yeah yeah. yeah yeah Which
1: has been which would be great for them if they could be still on El Rey and then also get on like Netflix they have um uh the Dust to Dawn series was mm-hmm. on Netflix yep. and El Rey they were able to get both so hopefully they'll get a larger distribution on one of those VOD platforms sure. as well as getting another season with El Rey because it was just a great show. It cool. was the one wrestling show I watched religiously every week. It was an hour. It was an easy watch. It wasn't a lot of filler. So mm-hmm. it was cool.
0: Excellent. And you also have... Yes,
1: the, the story I'm sure you wanted to hear yes, the Yes, I want to hear this so, so bad. Uh, I've gotten back into listening to Howard Stern, and um, I think a number of your Geek Generation listeners are fans of Stern, mm-hmm. or they should be. Should be. Um, one of the... Super callers. She's—I don't know. You wouldn't really call her a Whack Pack. She's more of a super fan herself. They deemed her the mother of the Whack yeah. Pack. Yeah. Uh, Marianne from Brooklyn, uh, who is is known for her characteristically abrasive voice. Um, to the point, they'll they'll play like ravens calling in the background while she's talking. Yeah. She always <laughs> sings about how you know. How it is how it in Am my I yeah, That's that's actually a really good impression <laughs> of her. Good. Well. I, uh, as I was saying to Rob earlier, I sort of threw bait out in the water to see if the fish would bite. Um, on, on Twitter, I, I sent a tweet her way saying, I wonder if she would, if Marianne from Brooklyn would ever call a super fan, like a big fan. Mm-hmm. And I have a friend, uh, my friend Caleb, who's him and his dad are like religious listeners. They like their dinner table conversation is them shooting like Sal and, and Richard stuff back and forth. Um, so. He's been a big fan, in, uh, for a long time. And, uh, Marianne from Brooklyn comes right back to me within like 20 minutes of me tweeting this. I do it all the time. Send me a DM. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, I tried to DM you. I can't choose. Oh, I don't follow you. Hang on. So now she's following me <laughs> so I can DM her. So I get her all the, re- I get her all the, uh, the information. And what I knew is the night before he had been doing, uh, he MCs like trivia at a bar. Okay. So it was a late night. He didn't get into like three in the morning. Oh, wow. And this is about, so Stern went off the air, I think at like 10 o'clock that morning mm-hmm. at ten thirty, he gets a phone call from Marianne from Brooklyn to wake him up. And, um, wow. she was, she said at first, "Oh, I didn't think he was that, uh, that impressed. I, maybe he wanted Jeff the drunk to call. And I said, no, what you don't understand. <laughs> what you don't understand is the first thing he gets as he's waking up is you calling right next. We've done like, we've called him before. Like we used to call each other as like Eric, the actor and all these different, Hey Richard, it's your dad. And so, <laughs> but it's actually Marianne from Brooklyn. Right. And, um, So he, like, I didn't know, she tells me he wasn't impressed. About ten minutes later, I get a text from him. I'm at work at this point, and he said, "I need to change my effing phone number, nice rib asshole." I said, <laughs> "I said, what are you talking about?" He goes, "Getting Marianne from Brooklyn to wake me up this morning, but now he's got her number, so oh. now, so now we're trying to come up with how can we get sour shoes to get somebody's oh phone my number because that's our next one. Have him <laughs> call God. into the show, please. <laughs> so anyway, that was the Marianne from Brooklyn rib. It was just one of those. Hey, let's see if we can get this to to, to take off, and it did. That's and phenomenal. it out great, yeah. So it was, it was a very, it was one of those. Right now, I have sort of the uh, the, the rib credo because like I got somebody from the Stern show to crank call somebody. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's cool. It so was quote awesome. a
0: fantastic 80s TV show. I love it when a plan comes together. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, to, to kind of chain that into another Stern geek out, uh, I just like a matter of hours ago saw a tweet from the Howard Stern show that someone who I never thought would appear on Stern is actually going to be on tomorrow, which for those of you hearing this, the day it's released, is actually today, so you might have missed it, but I'm sure you can hear it on the replay. Uh Patrick Stewart is going to be on Howard oh, wow, Stern. that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Why wouldn't
3: he ever be on it? I would fully expect him to be on. I just never
0: thought he really had a reason. Like, he's big enough that he never needs to do any kind of major promo, but he has the new show on Stars. is it? Blunt Talk? I'm not sure which channel it's on. But he, um, he's promoting that pretty heavily. He just did the Nerdist podcast recently too. And I'm so excited. It's, it's like two cool. of my heroes are meeting each other and are going to have like an hour long conversation. And I can't wait for that.
1: Oh, cause he'll answer questions for Stern that no one else will even have the guts to ask. Exactly. Him. It'll exactly. be a great interview.
0: Like most interviews with Patrick Stewart are all about Star Trek. And yes, there probably will be some discussion of that. And yeah, it's also what I care about the most too, but. At the same time, Stern will go into all the avenues of his life that other people won't even think to. Mm-hmm. So very interested to hear that. Uh my next one is that I did a review for the first season of Sense8 a little while ago that was on Netflix, and they That's have a instant queue. They've been picked up for a second season for those of you that have been kind of like holding back on watching it maybe. Now you actually know they are coming back for a season two. So but like I said, it is a slow burn in season one, mm-hmm. so you have to really hang with it and just know that it's really about the characters more than anything. Things do pick up by the end, but now that they've established everything and we're really invested in the characters, they can kinda go nuts in season two, I think, and I'm
3: kinda pumped for that. Now, this is a show, Ash, that I was telling you about where what eight people are interconnected. Yeah, they like they're
0: called sensates and they're yeah. all in a cluster, so what what any one of them sees, feels, hears, all the others can as well. And they can actually kind of switch consciousnesses with each other to borrow each other's skills. So there's like uh, a woman who knows martial arts. So she'll fight on behalf of others. Sometimes there's a cop in the group. So he'll use like mm-hmm. all of his skills and it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Good time. Uh, another one is that the CW has confirmed that Constantine star Matt Ryan will return to the title role in the fourth season of arrow, which is pretty crazy. That's uh, awesome. Stephen Amell had been talking about this for a while And really wanted to make it happen. Unfortunately, it didn't happen before Constantine went off the air. Which could have potentially saved the show, one would think. Arrow has a really loyal fan base and a pretty big fan base. And Constantine was actually on the bigger network. So, I would think people from Arrow wouldn't be afraid to go over and check out Constantine if they liked the character on that show. Ryan will guest star in one episode titled Haunted, which has the following description. John Constantine is a weather-worn exorcist and expert on the supernatural and the occult. He is a detective, magician, and a hunter of demons, and will provide critical support to Oliver when arrows aren't enough. Matt Ryan also posted a special message to fans of both Constantine and Arrow, which I will play for you now.
3: So this is a message for all of you Hellblazer and uh, Constantine
1: fans out there, and it's also a message to all of you Arrow fans. The rumors are true. John is coming to Star City. I'll see you this fall.
0: Yay! Cool. Very excited about that. Crossovers are fun. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I loved him in the role of Constantine, too, so I'm very happy to see him return. There has been some stir on the internet of, oh, is this what they're trying to do to revive the show, or are they going to make him a series regular? Producer Mark Guggenheim has stressed that this is a one-time-only deal, so don't expect to see John Constantine in a recurring role. But you never know. Mm -hmm. You never know. They always say one thing just to kind of protect themselves, I think, but you never know what could happen, so fingers crossed my next geek out is about kingdom hearts 3 which i am very very excited about even though this is a disney property it seems like they're starting to spread their wings a little bit with their recent acquisitions and they did announce at d23 at the same place they announced star wars world uh, star wars land and toy story land they did announce that big hero 6 is the newest world edition for kingdom hearts 3 which is very exciting and you cool. see a image there of sora riding on the back of Baymax, which is just all sorts of awesome.
3: There is a big gap between Kingdom Hearts 2 and 3, isn't there? No, a huge gap. Huge gap. Was that PlayStation 2 that that game came out? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What was with the delay? I don't know. I think
0: maybe they just didn't have a reason to. One would think the audience is there for sure, but yeah, they skipped an entire console. But they did have stuff coming out for like handheld consoles. I think it is because it is more of a kid-oriented game. Because it has the Disney characters. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily more kid-oriented just because it's Disney. No. Because the the play is still pretty complex. It's a very in-depth game. It's like but it Final just Fantasy. Has, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a mix between Disney and Final mm-hmm. Fantasy characters. So you see all of them in there. But the other thing that's kind of exciting about this, too, is that even though Big Hero 6 is a Disney property, this is their first one branching out into something that is based on a Marvel comic. to oh. something that they recently acquired in addition to this other thing called Star Wars. Right. So if we saw a Star Wars world pop up in Kingdom Hearts 2, that's not an impossibility anymore. And with a sword weapon being kind of the primary thing in the game,
1: right? lightsaber, keyblade keyblade
0: would be amazing.
1: I just started playing uh, 1 again just to see if it held up. Like Literally like three days ago, really, and I lost two and a half hours in no time. So, <laughs> needless to say, other than some of the graphics being a little now, when you think about what the consoles do, sure, it was still it really holds up.
0: Were you playing like, the original, original, or the remix?
1: PS2, no, oh, the, wow. the, the the first release of the PS2 version. Yeah.
0: Um, when did that just, come out? Oh God, two thousand
1: one. <laughs> yeah, something like Had that. Had been that. Like so, thousand. Yeah. It's been a while.
3: Yeah, two thousand two. Mm-hmm.
2: Because Kingdom Hearts was for DS, too, wasn't it? Yeah. At one yeah. Point.
3: Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, they had a bunch of them for... Uh, they had DS. They had the 3DS. There was another mm-hmm. one. Yeah, they were all over the place. Pretty much every handheld console had a Kingdom Hearts game for it. I think even the PSP had one at one point.
1: I think you guys touched on it on one of the previous episodes. Did they change where the... Uh where the your magic power? I forget what they call them in the game, but when you have your big spells, mm-hmm. are they changing them in in three? I watched a video where they're all like rides. They're like all the, the T, Disney T- rides yeah. and all yeah. that. Yeah, oh, I liked it better. Oh yeah, was... I remember bitching yeah. about that.
0: Yeah, or, like I thought you guys had
1: said something. All, like all like the that.
0: summons seem to be rides instead of yeah, characters. Yeah, I saw that, a yeah. video of
1: it the other day, and I was wait a second, they're not like Simba or whatever. It's that. Right. That was a little off, but yeah, like I want. Looks I really good, now now want just get smashed in the
3: face by Big Thunder Railroad. Totally, that's what it looks like. Yeah, exactly.
0: I want Baymax as a summon instead of, like, the teacups.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Am I the only one here? (laughs) But I I guess Baymax, they
3: can morph the teacups into a fatality. (laughs) No, not (laughs) the teacups.
1: But he might not be a summon, but at the same time, he's going to be, like, playable. I mean, not playable. He'll be a support character. Right, he'll be a support character, kind of like Beast was. Absolutely, yeah. So that's pretty cool, too, that he's going to be. It'll probably be just, at that point, Sora and uh, and Baymax will probably be the pair at that point. Right,
0: right, right. So, very excited about that. Obviously, uh we still don't have a release date for Kingdom Hearts 3, so I still don't know when it's coming, but I'm excited for when it eventually does.
3: And it's going to be for the next... Well, I guess it's the It'll current be generation. current generation, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: only. Uh, my last geek out is the appearance of a writer that I really like from Hollywood, Max Landis. Love mm-hmm. his work. Got to see American Ultra a little bit early. It came out on Friday. Was a little worried about it because it did very much market itself as a stoner movie. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the one with Jesse Eisenberg and yeah. Kristen Stewart that's the smallest piece of the movie and it seems like the only reason they had two stoners as the main characters is because it was the furthest thing on the opposite side of the spectrum from being like uh an ultra government secret agent Mm. so that's not necessarily putting the most positive spin on being a stoner which is what i was afraid of because i don't like when movies do that so it was nice to see that that really wasn't a big part of it, but yeah. love Max Landis's movies and his writing and stuff. And he was recently on an episode of the indoor kids. Uh, I didn't get a chance to listen to the whole episode because they were about to go into Arkham Knight spoilers and I had to shut it off immediately mm-hmm. because obviously I haven't played Arkham Knight yet, but there was a very funny conversation that they had around the top of the episode, uh, that I think you guys will think is funny too, because, I don't know about you guys, but I think Shia LaBeouf is a nut job. I think he's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I don't like he him sucks. at all. He sucks. And, he uh, hasn't
2: been cool since like holes.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he was like 12.
0: <laughs> and that's an early age to peak. <laughs> yeah. A very early age.
2: Well, I don't know. Justin Bieber peaked pretty early.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, but Sometimes one could say early. one Swag. could say that he's still going. Shia LaBeouf had a complete meltdown. But Landis has a very interesting theory about Shia LaBeouf that I wanted to play for you guys.
4: Do you know my whole theory about supervillains? Okay, I think Shia LaBeouf is the world's first supervillain, and I think it's going to get worse really quickly in the coming five to ten years. Okay, Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf did a crime. He did a crime. He plagiarized a comic. Yes. yes. And then he was able, through social media, grandstanding, and performance, to change the discussion of his crime to the degree that charges were never even formally filed. And so this thing happened because to charge him would be too much of a hassle. So this thing happened. Where I saw it happen, everyone was like, of Shiloh, of," it's like funny because like clearly he's an unstable goofball. Goofle Goofy? Goofy. He's a goofle He's a, he's like a, he's the worst first goofle, he's a well, goofle. He's, well the thing happens is that Wait a minute I bet as social media becomes more ubiquitous And culture becomes more and more of a video game For likes and retweets And like like social everything becomes, turns into this video game Where you just do stuff You don't really understand consequences And so like I bet You know that giant explosion that happened in China It's yeah. crazy It's the craziest thing ever But if someone tweeted like Hey, that was me. And they have like a cool jacket, yeah. and they have like a cool mask. And they'd have a million followers in three. The oh, story
2: sure.
3: Would yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the story would change. change. Ugh. Ugh. Shia Buff. <laughs> Were they recording in a bathroom? First of all, <laughs> it is, the it echo is, was interesting. It is funny
0: to me that, for being a smaller show compared to a lot of shows that have way more mm-hmm. listeners than we do, our production value is so much higher, yeah. and it shouldn't be, but it is. But I thought that was just a really smart take on it. Like the fact he is kind of like a Lex Luthor type because he presents himself a certain way and he knows how to manipulate the social consciousness. He's allowed to get away with things that normal human beings are not allowed to
3: get yeah, away
4: somebody
0: with.
3: Somebody will punch him in the face eventually. Eventually.
4: Break his
0: face. <laughs> but then
2: that'll be cool. Everybody will be punching everybody else right. in the face and be because it happened to Shyla.
0: Like, as soon as this all this stuff (laughs) happened and he went nuts, that's when he put the bag on his head and said, I'm not famous anymore. And then (laughs) just completely, and he did the weird art exhibit where he sat in a room and would just stare at you and you could do whatever you wanted to him. And what a nutcase. He
1: pulled his teeth out for a role. He actually, like, yanked a couple teeth out.
0: For his role in Fury. And then just got, like, replacement teeth afterwards. But that's not the same. Like,
3: there's this thing called acting and makeup that you can do, and it's very believable these days. I'm more fascinated by the fact that what they were talking about with social media. Yeah. If you get enough people to like your shit, you can change everything. Oh, yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah. I hate people. <laughs> we really need a Here virus. Here we go. We need I'm going to go
2: on and I'm going to delete every single one of my social medias. No.
3: I just erase people.
2: Erase <laughs> <I'll laughs> people block you.
3: instead of the platforms. I don't like you. Right. You're blocked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how it works. Yeah, I block them. <laughs>
0: All right, let's go into our freakouts. Aside from Volpe's hatred of people, let's go into our freakouts.
3: <laughs>
4: oh, freakout!
3: Uh, Volpe one. Well, I, no, I, I. Well, I had one. Oh, it happened. My, on. guess. What guess? What I'm having trouble with again? Oh no, my car. Oh no, as always. Oh, go. No, yeah, of course. This morning it started. I, I had to go to Stop and Shop to get dog food, and then I left Stop and Shop without dog food. But that's something different. Okay. Anyway. Uh, well, the one you know when you go in like for one thing and then you get sidetracked and you my walk pizza. out. pizza. Like, <laughs> no, because I bring a list with me. <laughs> oh, I didn't have a list. I got sidetracked. Anyway, I went back out to my car and it's. I'm standing there hitting the button and it's not unlocking. It's not doing anything. Oh. And I was like, oh shit, here we go. Sure enough, I had to take the the little key out of the little device mm-hmm. and unlock the door. And I get in, put my foot on the brake, and it's completely popped forward like the brake. Like the, you, like you can't push it down. It was oh. completely locked. And the button won't work and I'm sitting there and just keep pressing it and pressing it and pressing it and pressing it. And eventually it kicked over so that the battery turned on and then the car started. When you were but saying this pressing is what it I'm, and pressing it and pressing, I was thinking
0: salt and pepper dueling it and doing, doing it. Doing it and doing it well. <laughs> no, I'm not doing or, it well. Or
2: you could have been like, Ah, push it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Any <laughs> basically any salt and pepper yeah. reference works just fine. Pretty much, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. But
3: this bullshit is starting all over again, so yeah. now I, I need to get rid of this thing. Wonderful. Either by having it blow up by itself, or... <laughs> air quotes. Air quotes. But <laughs> if, air you, quotes.
2: if you do that, make sure you take pictures and post it on social media. Right, right. so
3: I can get sympathy, <laughs> and then I can start like a crowdsourcing <laughs> for a new vehicle, and then you we'll go get all that. Crowdsourcing? Crowdsourcing, yes. Crowdsourcing. Crowdfunding. Is that like crowd surfing? Well, no.
0: he can have a GoFundMe <laughs> <laughs> account for his yes, new car. My yeah. new car. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> it blew up. Exactly. Oh, it's so sad.
3: But yes. you
1: have such a cool jacket on. You do. I do. And a neat mask.
2: <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I'll just wear the mask. Well, you've got the mask. Yeah, I, I do, the And mask. the jacket. Yeah, there you go. you perfect. Got Can that. you
2: wear the spandex? You just need too?
1: the million Absolutely. followers now
3: and you'll <laughs> right. be good
2: to go. You can just stand next to the explosion.
0: Oh, thanks. Walk away from it as an action hero yes. style. Yeah. yeah slow that's motion.
1: That's what I mean. We'll Not videotape like on the iPhone in slow mo. Yeah. Start following the new I Twitter know. account, <laughs> at
3: CenobiteEvil. Yes. <laughs> oh,
1: hashtag
2: but
3: i gotta i gotta get a new car because yeah. here we this i can't do this anymore yeah so i'll uh, we'll be in the market in the next week or two starting to see if i can get out of this piece of shit don't buy a hyundai sonata yep a hyundai's never gonna sponsor us but <laughs> yeah i don't i don't see that one coming around the nope. corner anytime soon don't buy one
0: yeah okay uh, frustrated. speaking of car things Matt yeah. West.
1: Well, mine is less I actually have a Hyundai as well. It's a Tiburon and I love it. So that's the so it's not a and it will have it's a, a pos, Sonata issue. We'll, we'll we'll balance the the Sonata issue with the Tiburon issue. This is more just daily upkeep of a car, hmm. but because I drive as much as I do and we have all the lovely roads that we had uh last year, I had cheap tires that came with the car and every time I hit a major pothole, the tires blew out on me. So really? now I spent money on good tires. Well, That just means that you screw up your alignment. And because I drive the miles I do, uh, I was about three weeks ago now, parked at a different angle, and I'm looking at my tires, and like three-quarters of them look dusty. And I knew there was uneven wear, and they need to be replaced. But three-quarters of them look dusty, and then the inside tread on one side that I hadn't seen looked like brand-new tire. It looked bizarre. And what it was is because the seal around the – um around where the, the, the tire sits over the, the belt mm-hmm. had actually broken and it was like sitting up and the top layer of tire was coming off the belt. So I was, had a very scary ride to get new tires and, and a new alignment. So that was $550. Oh, nice. And then sitting on, uh, in the last week, we had one of the days that it hit nearly 90 degrees. Yeah. I'm driving home from Milford. I drive from Milford to Cranston daily. You do that every day. I do, five days a week. And so I'm explains uh, the driving. on 495, and we've got a really bad accident, and my air conditioner decides I'm out of Freon. So now I've got warm air blowing. We're not moving at all, and I'm in 90-degree heat in this traffic. And um, so I then drove, and it was like now another between oil change and all this stuff, another $200. And by the end of the month, I have to have my inspection. I have oh, huh. <laughs> in November. I have my my registration coming up, so it'll be by the by the end of. The, I'll have nearly spent a thousand dollars on preventive quotes, preventative maintenance. Right. Yeah. So it's like, uh oh, just cut the vein and just take the blood and pay for it. <laughs> uh, I, I love my car. I really do. I love driving it, and it's just ugh, kills me.
2: Yeah. You should put a fund me account out. Yeah,
0: I need a GoFundMe. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's just gonna put out GoFundMe that accounts is, for
1: every expense they have. It seems like
3: that's what people do. Have yeah. you been on the website, yeah. Jeez.
2: What kills me is there
1: are there are artists who already have management and whatnot and have like have been on TV and they're getting forty two grand, forty-six grand for their next album. Mm-hmm. And you have like struggling artists, I musicians, mean, whatever who who are lucky if they can get five hundred bucks. It's mm-hmm. like this person's major label, why are you giving money to them? When they're gonna have uh, that's that's another. I'm gonna know. go
3: set up a GoFundMe to buy a Baconator. Yes. yes. Oh my god, I've wanted a Baconator and a Frosty for months, <laughs> and I've avoided it. I'm I'm just gonna
0: do it for a Baconator to see if I can have that uh, guy that made the what was it the chicken salad mm. success like yeah, he yes. got like forty thousand dollars for chicken salad chicken salad yeah.
2: for one chicken salad yeah
0: yeah he wanted to just make chicken salad on Kickstarter and he ended up getting a ridiculous amount of money for it. That's it. Cause people thought it was funny and they're like, yep, I'll, I'll give, give him a dollar. Yeah. Yep. And it just kept happening. Uh, my freak out is the humidity, which has been absolutely disgusting, mm-hmm. but not the fact that it's just gross outside. I think it's actually affecting my technology yep. because my internet has been dropping out like every 20 minutes. Although, uh, before the show, I dealt with my router a whole bunch. And so far, fingers crossed, we haven't lost internet during it's our me broadcast. But it has been a crazy issue, especially when I'm trying to stream on Twitch and everything. And now that I'm actually starting to make a little money while streaming, mm-hmm. now it's potentially affecting what is becoming a business. So I can't be having
3: that. Whoa. Whoa. We're a business? Yeah. Yeah. Matt, are you getting paid? <laughs> no, okay. God. If you make a GoFundMe
2: account, maybe you get paid.
3: <laughs> Rob, Rob's like, I need money to pay these these bums. Please
2: right. go and donate to our GoFundMe account. Go check out pay. the Patreon
3: page. <laughs> Speaking of which, that's actually what I was gonna go into next. So,
0: oh. how about that segue? Uh, as as we're moving on through the show, just a quick reminder that you can support what we do by going to thegeekgeneration.com/support. That will take you to our Patreon page, where you can sign up to become a patron of the Geek Generation. Just sign up, choose your contribution amount, and it will be donated automatically each month. You can also cancel that donation at any time. We've added a benefit to being a contributor. For those who donate $1 or more, you'll now get early access to the show when we have it ready to go in time. It will not be ready until tomorrow, this week, because we are watching SummerSlam after this, but... I will be editing, uh, early Monday morning as quickly as possible to get this up for you guys. Again, that's thegeekgeneration.com slash support. And we appreciate anything that you can contribute. Yes. 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 And if
3: that's too much, but you're going to do some online shopping. Oh, You can yeah. always go to thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon. You sure can. It doesn't cost you anything extra. That's right. And we get a kickback. And we like that kickback. That and also we keeps love things you.
0: running. Okay, quick review. I watched a movie that I got from Warner Brothers, which we had been talking about for a while. I had interviewed the voice cast when I was out in San Diego. I know Matt has watched it since, and that is Justice League Gods and Monsters. For one, I am so insanely happy to see the Bruce Timm style of art back in the DC Universe animated movies because I had been missing it for quite a while. I'm not the biggest fan of this like anime-ish style that they're doing right now. It's not bad for action, but a lot of the costumes look kinda weird in the animeish style. The movie itself was surprisingly good. I didn't know really what to expect with the alternate universe because like you might have heard in the interviews if you listen to that episode Batman's not Batman, uh Superman's not Superman, and Wonder Woman's not Wonder Woman. Even though they use those names, they all have completely different origins. They're not Bruce Wayne, Clark Kent, and Diana. They're totally different characters. Some of those people don't even exist in this version of the DC Universe. So, I mean, we don't really know what happened with Bruce Wayne in this, if his parents died or not. We don't know what happened to Diana. But we do know that Clark Kent does not exist because this other version that was fathered by uh General Zod does. He kind of usurped the DNA in the ship. They did it a little bit differently where Clark wasn't actually born yet, Mm -hmm. but his DNA was merged between his mom and Zod within the rocket ship, and he was kind of like incubated within there. So he was born like by the time he got to Earth, which was kind of an interesting way to do it. But that was very cool. And as expected, several other characters from the DCU appear in various new forms Mm -hmm. during the movie. So there are people for sure that you see that normally would not necessarily... Be themselves, and now are this other incarnation of whatever it is. But it's it's kind of cool to see like someone pop up, and they do the name drops here and there, yeah. and that's pretty interesting. But what do you think, Matt?
1: I thought I was surprised with the level of violence. Actually, I mean, it's a superhero movie, and yeah, you get the routine fights. Mm-hmm. But you see in the opening of the trailer, you see two skeletons clutching each other, right? And that's sort of a reveal. For, there's an attack that happened, and, and without giving too much away, there is. Crimes happening that look like the three people who are the Justice League at this point, or whoever you want to call them, you know, Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman are committing these crimes. Mm-hmm. And, um, basically it look that's made to look like Superman has, has used his heat vision to basically kill a guy and his son. And, um, and I think that was supposed to be steel. I believe um, so. Yeah. Right. John Henry Irons uh, and his son. And they're like, Im- he's embracing his kid's Oh, was state- that,
0: was that the stones? Oh, it might have been the stone. Which the sun would be cyborg. Okay. yeah. Right.
1: So there was, and they were embracing as like, as they're dying. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that was, they showed as them. As they were completely
3: them. terrified yeah. of yeah. what was happening. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I mean,
1: they were pretty open with the violent, like people getting throat slit and stuff. Yeah. Really? Was, yeah. I was, re- I was blown away. It was definitely not like, I think that was the first thing I said when it was oh, yeah. definitely not something I'd let like anybody under like. 13 watch. And Batman's a vampire and
0: does not hold back with his powers. Yeah. Batman is actually Kirk Langstrom, who is is the man bat in the normal. Uh, I thought that was a pretty,
1: it was a, I I liked, I honestly, I think that they could have given it another 20 minutes to flesh out their background stories a little more. Mm -hmm. They gave you flashbacks to explain why they are who they are. I could have seen more of that. I thought that was, but it was, I liked it. It was pretty good. And again, the language again as well. I was really surprised when you're hearing, just that level of language coming out of Bruce Timm animation. Right, sort of, right. Whoa. But yeah, no, I, I dug it. It was definitely one of those. Um, what I do you mean watching. by
3: language? Swearing?
1: Yeah, yeah, swearing really? and just the content of, like, the way they're saying things was just, it was very adult language compared to, you know, you're used to seeing that kind of animation with Batman, the animated series. Right. Which was made to be on the afternoons or Saturday mornings. And this is, it's very adult scripted it's really what do they rate this
0: these are all pg-13 i was gonna ask had you watched any prior dcu animated movies Uh, the
1: last one i had watched i think was like superman doomsday okay and i was actually kind of i bought it thinking it was gonna be awesome and it was sort of turned off by the animation style it wasn't great it wasn't great and um so it was one of i've watched a few of them but this is the first one in a while okay because this one's really now had a lot of steam behind it talking about the alternate alternate Mm -hmm. timeline so i figured it looked good and yeah, I, w- I was, I was pleasantly surprised when I thought it was really good.
0: At this point, I'm used to the more adult tone to these because they have been doing it for a while. Like, uh, Volpe, you haven't watched Assault on Arkham yet, have you? No, I haven't. No, okay. No. That's sitting right next to my TV. Cause there's, there's the movie that. that's based on Suicide Squad. Right. And you, we've talked about the gimmick with the Suicide Squad before. If you don't comply, they blow, blow up a up. bomb at the base of your skull. Yeah. And there is a character at the beginning of this movie who has his head exploded
4: in an animated
0: DC comics movie. And that's just the beginning of the violence. Like this is a movie also featuring the villains. So the violence is amped up even more than one that has heroes that are holding back a little bit. So at this point they've kind of established their tone. These are definitely not movies for kids, but they are fan service and clearly the fans are buying them up like crazy still because they've increased the output to three a year instead of their Mm -hmm. original two. But I thought that, Gods and Monsters was a welcome addition to the group. They do have, if you are curious more about the characters, they have mini-sodes on Machinima. Uh, they have one for each character, one for Batman, one for Superman, one for Wonder Woman. They're each like five minutes long, just kind of introducing the tone and feel of the character. In the one with Batman, he's hunting down Harley Quinn. And, oh, cool. and there's a great little ending there. Uh, Superman's stopping like a bomb, like a kid that's a mm-hmm. human bomb. And Wonder Woman's has to do with just like killing a whole bunch of people <laughs> with swords. So, um, it really does kind of establish their characters. But also when I talked to Bruce Tim at uh San Diego, he said that this is a universe he would like to see moving forward, and that might actually be happening with Machinima. They're in talks to continue this going in an episodic cool. format in some way.
1: And Ender Romano actually does perform. Not just she's actually one of the voices on there. Right. If you watch the credits, she, she was it was a minor role, but she, she was, usually does like no, she, one yeah. voice I mean, in there cool somewhere. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. And a such a sweetheart. Like, she was the best talking to her. Uh no other reviews this this so we will will into the the real real quick here. The The thing is that that is is even more more from the the into their upcoming upcoming season. Echo Kellum has joined the cast in the role of Mr. Terrific. A recurring role in the season, Kellum's version of the character will be named Curtis Holt, which will be an openly gay character and will work closely with Felicity Smoke. Two different versions of Mr. Terrific have existed in the DC canon. The most well-known is Michael Holt, created by John Ostrander and Tom Mandrake. Another genius billionaire, Holt, uses his floating T-spheres to fight crime as they allow him to fly and cause all sorts of damage either of you fans of Mr. Terrific necessarily
3: Is he a villain or, or He's a hero.
0: he's a member of the Justice League. Okay.
1: The most recent writing of him was in the whole Future's End and um the T-spheres were tied into the uh the Brother Eye which right. ends up causing all the evil sideborgs and stuff. Right. So my biggest experience with him was he and he was still sort of trying to play it like no I'm I'm doing things for heroic needs and but it was very obvious that his work was leading to The Basically, the fall of everything.
0: Right, right. Yeah, Brother Eye being a huge... And they've used Brother Eye several times as like the end of the world type Mm -hmm. of scenario. Almost like a very Skynet approach. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's, of course, created by Batman, which is... (laughs) That was his thing to keep an eye on everybody. He basically created a satellite to keep a watch over everybody he needed to, and it just ended up turning against him. Like
1: parasitic and... Yeah, Yeah,
0: yeah. Alexander Calvert also joins the cast in the role of Anarchy. Created by Alan Brandt and Norm or Fogle, Brayfogle. Brayfogle, Anarchy was a crusader for lawless justice that had a, me- a number of run-ins with both Batman and Green Arrow in the comics. For Arrow, he is described as a deranged freelancing criminal who is willing to do whatever it takes to impress a potential employer. There have been several versions of the Anarchy costume. This is one of the more modern ones. Mm. Uh, I think the new 52 version where he looks a lot more thuggish and uh, less super villainy. And it makes sense for the character to just be kind of street oriented yeah. like that. So I was a little worried because when I heard that they were casting Anarchy, I'm like, oh, they're just borrowing Batman villains again, again, yeah. again, uh, because we have seen Anarchy pop up in the Arkham series as well. But I get it looks like he does bridge both worlds. So I guess it's OK to use him this time. Uh Supergirl is adding some new members as well. Twilight fans might recognize this guy as being part of the vampires. Peter Fashionelli or Faccinelli? I never remember. That's one of those names that I can never remember the proper pronunciation. Uh, Peter Fashionelli is joining the cast of CBS's Supergirl in the role of Maxwell Lord. Sometimes a villain, sometimes a hero, Maxwell Lord has a storied past with the DC Comics universe as a powerful businessman involved with the Justice League. On Supergirl, Lord is a green tech billionaire who enjoys a friendly rivalry with Cat Grant and a fascination with National City's newest arrival, Supergirl.
2: Hmm.
3: Hmm. He looks a little young to play that role. He played you think?
2: Mr. Cullen. Yes, on Twilight. You he would was, know that he was the
1: dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, sorry, so <laughs> I was gonna say, are you Team Edward? Is that what that would mean? Because you knew that.
2: <laughs> nah, no, Jacob had bigger muscles. Ah,
1: whatever team. That, that's like French to me. I don't. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> no, I was more of a team Jacob. Than you I. would be. Well. Jacob was more muscular and bigger. Anyway,
1: um, (laughs) (laughs) number two,
0: (laughs)
2: derailment. You need like a train crash noise.
0: I know, I really do.
2: (laughs) Or like a train whistle. We can just blow
0: it. (laughs) Man, I'm so underprepared for this. Um, It's not
3: even that bad. You know? No, no. Uh, Maxwell Lord,
0: Maxwell Lord is, uh, a a big character in the DC (laughs) comics. And again, we don't necessarily know who's going to go, like which way he's going to go because he's a sometimes villain, sometimes hero. I have a feeling that they'll present him one way and then twist him the other way to kind of add some drama to the show, but we shall
3: see. The show's really doing well, huh? Supergirl? No, Arrow, too. Oh, like, I'm well, just this thinking is... the whole general, like, Arrow oh, yeah. is, like, blowing all, up. All and the it... DC shows are doing Flash, phenomenally. Flash
1: was a spinoff, and it's, it's, like, their most watched show.
0: It's the most watched yeah. show they've ever had yeah. on uh, the CW, for sure. Going to Gotham, so still DC TV shows, but away from the CW or away from CBS, Natalie Allen-Lind is joining the cast of Gotham for Season 2 in the role of Silver St. Cloud. In the source material, the character has been an on-again, off-again love interest of Batman's, though his commitments to being the Cape Crusader prevented their relationship from blossoming. The Gotham version of the character is described as an ethereal beauty with the pristine manners of a Gotham debutante. So it seems like they're going to kind of wedge her in to the uh romantic triangle with Bruce and Selina, because they've had a budding relationship going on in the beginning of Gotham here.
1: She looks at least 20, though. That's going to be like... Like, the first episode of of uh, Star Wars where Padme looks so much older than Anakin. It's going to be the same sort of thing. You know, she's... I mean, Bruce is still... You know, he's like 14, and she looks like she's could go buy a drink legally. I think she's
0: actually younger, but... For whatever reason, they doll him up in Hollywood to make him look older yeah. all the time. Put
1: the miracle bra on her and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. But we also never know how people are aging, like off season. Mm. Right. Like I-, I was shocked from season two to season three of Game of Thrones to ha- how much brands balls dropped apparently and his voice changed <laughs> and like totally, totally came back as a different looking character. Like he wasn't a kid anymore. And I was blown away by it. So I'm wondering if that's maybe what's happening, too, with the actor playing Bruce. And they were like, well, we have to cast someone that looks age appropriate for him. But I guess we won't know that until the season actually comes back around. Starts up again. Uh, another Batman thing going on. The Lego Batman movie, which is the yep. spinoff of the Lego movie that we will have uh, Will Arnett reprising his role of Batman 4. The Lego Batman movie is found there, Robin, as Michael Cera has been cast to lend his voice to the Boy Wonder opposite Will Arnett's Batman, which is also significant because this is reuniting actors from Arrested Development.
3: Mm. Michael sarah has got that, like, very kiddish sounding yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah. It'll work. Despite
0: There's, his age, yes. Yeah. There's
3: always <laughs> money in a banana stand in the
1: Batcave.
0: Yeah, there is. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, has anybody started watching Mr. Robot yet? Or is it still just me?
1: I started watching it and I actually dozed off because I was watching it late night. So I gotta, I gotta really give it a shot because okay. all the, all the, um all the little trailers they show, just the commercials, yep. are so well done now. Like we're almost looking like pirated footage. Yep. And Mister Robot's in the mask, mm-hmm. and you know it's vo- vocal distorted. And every time I see it, I was like, I gotta watch that show. And just for whatever reason, I the one time I went to watch it, I was yeah too tired and started falling asleep before it really got rolling.
0: It's so good. The uh, ninth episode was last week, and that had another like we had talked about the parallels with Dexter before and now they have even more of them uh, there's also a scene at the end that borrows from another movie like it borrows a song from another movie that has a similar theme going on so one of the things I'm liking about Mr. Robot is that they're actually borrowing and making parallels to other media and other references mm. while still being able to create something very original so that's kind of cool But Mr. Robot is a great show that's getting critical acclaim and lots of buzz, but might also seem overambitious in scope. Shows like this can tend to drag on and lose sight of their target. But Sam Esmail assures us that he has a plan. The show creator received a tweet asking about how it would stretch into season two, to which he replied, I have an ending and it's about four or five seasons away. So he has this whole thing planned out. I did a little more research to find out, like, other interviews that he's done. And it turns out that Mr. Robot was actually written as a movie originally. But when he turned it in, they were like, no, this is a TV show. It's Hmm. way too much to do in a movie. Where is this air? This is on USA. Okay. Yep. So it's definitely, like, it's all planned out. Hmm. Like, they're going to have... He he has some gaps he's going to fill in here and there because it is seasons away, obviously. But his the whole arc is already set. So we're not going to see any, like, stretching out of the show just to make it longer, it looks like. And I'm I'm excited about that.
1: USA has always been one to commit to, like, shows even well after they seem like they've played their course. So if he's got five strong seasons written, I would like to think they'd keep him around. You think some of the shows like Burn Notice and and La Femme Nikita and all the shows they've had, they've run for six, seven, eight years that by the end were just ridiculous. You'd think that something that actually has, like, a finite arc. Ready to go. They keep around, especially with the push they're putting on it now. It seems like every commercial break they go to on their, um, during their primetime lineups has at least one 30 to 45 second spot mm-hmm. that's aimed at Mr. Robot.
0: Oh, cool. I feel like it's a show that's going to build too, even though we have all the new fall shows coming up. Uh, I feel like being that the first season's almost over, too, I think people are going to start talking about it more and more between now and next summer. And the fact that it's a summer show gives it a unique benefit, too, because it was the same thing when I was watching Franklin and Bash. I was like, there's not a lot of new stuff going on during the summer. So when a really good show comes out, I feel like it gets a lot of attention because it has so little competition as well on top of everything else. Adult Swim has ordered a third season of Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon's Rick and Morty. The season two premiere saw triple digit gains over its season one premiere and by episode two went up 27% among all key demos, according to Nielsen. You can watch new episodes of Rick and Morty on Sundays at 1130 p.m. on Adult Swim. And that is such a good show. It really is. I don't know if you guys have seen that either, but Uh very much parodies a lot of the stuff that we're into anyway. I mean, the show itself is a parody of like Back to the Future and Doctor Who. Really? Yeah. Oh. Like, hmm. the two main characters, Rick and Morty, are parodies of Marty McFly and Doc Brown. They're just nuts. But cool. it's really
3: good. They did a
1: tie-in with the Simpsons intro. They did. That was... Uh, that's a, that's where they kind of became on my radar. Okay. They, I saw it, and that was even just a little bit... That, that was the
0: bit, season finale, right?
3: I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Mm.
0: Okay, that's the end of the news, but hmm. I do have a quick little game for us to play. Yay. So... Uh, I, I collected or wrote, this isn't the normal, the three stories with one fake, it's not that game. I have a series of movie premises and pitches that I'm going to read to you, and I would like you guys to decide if they are real or if they are fake. I'm not going to tell you how many are real or how many are fake, you just kind of have to guess on each one. Sure. Okay? Now you might have heard of some of the real ones in the news, so that might have ruined that, but still, (laughs) we'll try anyway. Here's the first one. Another live-action adaptation of a popular Disney animated feature is on the way as The Hollywood Reporter brings word that the studio is developing a big-screen prequel to Aladdin. The project, currently titled Genies, is designed to serve as an origin story of sorts for the character famously voiced by the late Robin Williams in Disney's 1992 feature film version. According to the outlet, the film will explore the realm of the genies and explain how one became trapped inside the iconic lamp. The long-term hope, then, is for genies to develop as a franchise and pave the way for a live-action retelling of Aladdin itself. Is that a real movie they're making, or a fake movie that I wrote? It's a fake movie that you wrote.
1: No, it's real.
2: I think it's real.
0: It is real. Ugh, that's shitty. A live-action prequel to Aladdin focused on the genie, so it's supposed to take place in the world that exists within the lamp. Why they would do this live action is beyond me.
2: They're doing it probably because of Robin Williams.
3: Why they're doing it without Robin? Williams that's what is I'm the question. I think that's, that's the problem. Well, they're
2: probably doing it as like
3: a tribute. Um, yes, no, because people are still
2: mourning him. They're, they're
3: they're just gonna have to find somebody who can sound like him mm. doing the genie. It's, it's oh, calling Hank
1: Azaria again. I think he was the one who played
3: genie in the so. first. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean it
1: wasn't it wasn't Robin Williams. It wasn't horrible, but it didn't have that ad lib style. It
0: still sounds like a terrible idea. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Terrible idea. Like, a live-action version of Aladdin? Sure. One focused on the genie world? I don't care at all. It's the same thing that people are complaining about with the show Heroes. When everybody has powers, it doesn't matter anymore. It's just not interesting.
2: Are you saying that you don't want to rub the lamp?
0: That's exactly what I'm saying, Ashley. That's exactly what I'm saying. He wants somebody else to rub the lamp for him, but he still gets his wishes. Are you
2: you just going to hold the lamp and look at it?
0: I'm not even going to get near the lamp (laughs) is what I'm going to do. I don't want the lamp anywhere near my person is what I'm saying. Near my person. (laughs) Movie number two. Uh, Director Brad Payton is in talks with New Line Cinema to reteam with Dwayne Johnson and producer Bo Flynn for the adaptation of the classic Midway arcade game, Rampage. Non-stop screenwriter Ryan Engel is set to pen the screenplay, the story for which is said to be under wraps, though it will involve Johnson going toe-to-toe with the game's three original beasties. That's real.
1: I don't know if The Rock is Uh part of it, but I know Rampage is, that they're going to try and do that, so I'm going to say real, but I don't know, I think
3: you may have added The Rock
1: in. Okay.
2: I'm going to go against everybody and say it's fake.
1: The
0: story is real. The Rock will be in a rampage movie. I
3: saw him uh, put some on Instagram. He did, yeah. It, yeah. Brad
0: Peyton is actually his same director from San Andreas. Right, so that's the connection. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. And this, so I he's think,
3: basically gonna fight Godzilla, King Kong, and right? Wasn't the yeah, lizard and a, yeah. a
0: giant what, wolf in a wolf?
3: Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Like as much, <laughs> but you're gonna see it because the I rock's know I'm it. gonna see it. But I feel, I feel bad like- for you sometimes because you commit to things yes. that you shouldn't commit to. I know, I- and I feel like the rock. Um,
2: what? What are you talking about?
3: I have I I what? <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> Nothing.
0: This is such a weird. <laughs> <laughs> she has her own train whistle now. I feel like The Rock knows about my commitment to watch every movie he makes and is now testing me.
2: (laughs) What if they put The Rock in the Genie movie? Crap. (laughs) (laughs) Don't
3: do that. Just don't. I think the only thing that I would
2: like somebody (laughs) to put money in my Fund Me account to put The Rock in the Genie movie. The (laughs) only
3: thing that would push you over the edge is if they were like, we're casting The Rock as Batman. Oh, yeah. I think that would be the last straw. (laughs) I think it might be. That's where Rob blows up Hollywood. (laughs) Like, I'm done. Here's another one.
0: Uh, Pez Candy Inc. has entered into an agreement with Envision Media Arts to develop a feature animated movie based on their world-famous line of candy dispensers. Cameron Faye will pen the screenplay for the film, which seems to earmark it as being a comedy, possibly of the meta self-aware variety. Real or fake? Real.
1: Fake. I think that's real. I think I heard something about Pez. It is real. Ah! Awesome. It is real, a Pez movie. I just feel like what the more the absurd
3: this becomes, <laughs> the more real it is. Because that's where we're at now with shit. It right? is, it's either super hyper real, yeah, like with the mo- uh, like DC like mm-hmm. Flash and stuff. It just it has that real, or it's just so absurd that it's also going to be made right in right. a
1: world where people's heads snap back and candy comes out of their face, <laughs> and out, of and their you <laughs> out of their throat, out of their throat. <laughs>
3: Blah, that's Beheading. way grosser.
0: That's so nasty. Oh, okay. Last one. All right. Sony Pictures Animation has won an intense bidding war to purchase a pitch for an emoji movie. The little characters that have become a worldwide instant messaging staple originally came out of Japan in the late 90s, where the word emoji is a literal translation of picture plus character. However, Sony is not purchasing a public domain word. They have bought a detailed pitch co-written by Eric Siegel and Anthony Leonidas, with the latter directing the feature. Uh, apparently, Leonidas created a series of storyboards outlining the entire film, which also drew the attention of Paramount and Warner Brothers until Sony head Tom Rockman gave the go-ahead to aggressively purchase the project, which may also have rival pitches around town. Real or fake, an emoji movie. Real.
2: I'll go with real. Real.
0: That's real That's absolutely real Somebody kill me this now is horrible
3: <laughs> That's You know the, let, let them make it Who cares It'll yeah. fail like pixels failed Yeah the, You know It'll just bomb And then that'll be it We can only hope We can only hope That this is the end Of Adam Sandler's career Unless he does Happy <laughs> Gilmore 2 Or Billy Madison 2 Well we don't, don't know We don't know That he's gonna be In the Emoji movie But No but You know As if Sony like
1: didn't Lose enough money On
2: Fantastic there. Four. Oh, I know right <laughs> Adam Sandler and The Rock are gonna be. No, anymore. get it's go
1: anymore. away. Go away. Go away. They're gonna I play can see Batman and Robin. <laughs> and Adam Sandler's tagline is I am that Rudy Pooh. <laughs> oh <laughs> no. no. <laughs>
2: And he's going to be the poop emoji. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: don't even put these thoughts out into the ether, because then they might manifest God. into reality. And that just frightens me. Oh, there geez. is
2: no rock emoji, though.
0: That
1: tagline comes oh, yeah. along. I, I got to oh, yeah. get that like trademarked now. <laughs> I can see I it now. I said Pooh. it. I am that Rudy Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's Terrible. wrap
0: this thing up before it just becomes anarchy. Uh, final thoughts or something you'd like to plug, Matt West? Just support the show. Cool. Ashley?
2: Um, I don't know. You want to promote your? <laughs> you want to promote
0: your selfies on Instagram?
2: On Instagram? Yeah. Um, I'm just Ashley Eagle. There you go. On Instagram and ZumbaHolic10 on Twitter and Ashley Eagle on Facebook.
3: This is gonna keep You're gonna going to get isn't weird isn't people following you now, and they're going to see pictures of your child. They can right. see
2: me right now. Kind of. It kind was of. nice to meet everyone.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this this doesn't mean that we actually Mike Mike. What are you plugging? Um, uh, her mouth, <laughs> <In> my fist.
2: <laughs> Listen here.
3: Um, uh, you can follow me on Insta shit. It's I got three of them. Of course I That's do. Right, uh, Mike from the gym, SBV supplements, and Westerly Fitness. Excellent. And Rob just did another photo shoot for me, so pictures will be going up soon, so you can see what he does. Cool. He does a
0: good job. And you can see those on my uh, Facebook.com yes. slash Media or at RobLoganMedia.com, as well as uh, Mike's Instagrams, which they'll be popping up. Mm-hmm. You can follow everything else we do over at TheGeekGeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can like us at Facebook.com slash TheGeekGeneration and follow at GeekGeneration on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Night Angel. Support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com/slash support. You can send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We'll be back with new stuff next week for you, and we'll see you then later. See ya.
2: Bye.
1: Make it so.